Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. Hour number two. Trek out of Jim Brinson back oh, with yeah. you here on a Tuesday afternoon. Jimmy B. Well, we got a lot of football coming up in this hour. We're going to be talking Bobby Legess uh, from Land of Ten. We're going to get into the Hawkeyes with him and then Andrew Garda on the NFL. But want to start with a little bit of basketball here today. And the news just uh, coming down, additional charges from the U.S. Yes. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York. Well, uh, names that you'd expect on there, names that we've heard before, Louisville, Miami, NC State. But the latest, a new name, though an easy one to connect the dots, the Kansas Jayhawks involved. Well, they're thinking that Josh Jackson got about $90,000. And they're not, that's, that's the connection there. He obviously is now playing in the NBA, so it's nothing to affect him but it certainly may affect the University of Kansas and the basketball program and, of course, Bill Self, if this is proven to be true. So uh, it's interesting because we just saw the Arizona Board of Regents. uh, they, They wrote into a contract that if indeed head coach Miller is... Uh, brought up in these charges and is found guilty, he has to pay the school a million dollars. So this is going to be interesting to see how all of this shakes out, Trent. And But you're right, Kansas is the latest, and it appears it's Josh Jackson who got the money. Well, and we talked about this going all the way back, yeah. Jim, to when, when these first came out and the allegations back in September of last year because... Well, they're Adidas schools, and you connect the dots, and you look at Joshua Jackson and the the way that he had moved around and went from California and and all these different places. It was easy to connect the dots. But but here's the thing, Jim. All we're hearing about, for the most part, is Adidas schools. You're kidding yourself if you think that those are the only ones that are (laughs) implicated in this kind of scandal it happens Nike schools. It happens, I don't know, does anybody wear Reeboks anymore, Converse? I don't know. It doesn't matter what you do know. It's shady everywhere. You can't just point your finger and say, well, it's an Adidas. That that means they're they're shady. Everybody's shady at some level. It, it And it has been, Trent, for years. It was just a subject. It's like the unwritten rules of baseball. And we always scratch our head and we go, unwritten rules? What the hell are the unwritten rules of baseball? This is what it was, unwritten rules in college basketball. It, it, went, it always took place, but you just never brought it up. And finally, somebody broached it, and here we are. And there are big-name schools. Patino has already been ousted. We saw what the NCAA did against Louisville, although it's useless because we all know who won the game, so it doesn't matter. But are those still situations that are now going to take place against Kansas? Are they going to take place against NC State, Miami? I mean, you know, we're still kind of scratching the surface because the investigation, as they say, is continuing. So, uh, Cyclone fans certainly right now got a smile ear to ear, right? Yeah, they well, got, I would think so, yeah. Yeah, you can, you got to be happy about that. You see a basketball rival be implicated here. That's, well, it can't hurt at the very least. And if you can't beat them, hope they go on probation. I guess that's a new rallying cry, right? 
Well, it all goes back to that charging call that was called the block on George Niang. So you can remember that one, Cyclone fans, and say, see, see, for making that piss-poor call, we got you back. We got your Josh Jackson right here. Wasn't that against Ohio State in the NCAA tournament? No, there was one against Kansas, oh, okay. too. There's a couple of them. Yeah, a couple of them. yeah there are. Yeah. The one I always yeah. hear about it is Aaron Kraft. Is Ohio State. Yeah, yeah Aaron Kraft. Yeah, the, the that's Aaron the other Kraft one. one. Yeah, on, on yeah. the other side. Yeah. Well, yeah, the uh, Kansas one, too. Well, don't you remember that goober who sits uh, courtside, Westerfield or Westerhead or whatever that dumbass is called? He ran after Bill Self sure. and the uh, cops had to intervene. Remember that guy? Oh, absolutely. Jeez. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, that was, you know, guys like that, even though they're big donors, you can't let them sit courtside. Uh, to me, that was just awful. Got a uh, another basketball story for you here, Jimmy B, as transfer season continues on. We talked about that from a Cyclone perspective earlier in the program with Alex Halstead. Uh, over to Cedar Falls, and you and I has picked up a commitment from Trey Burhow, a freshman a season ago out of Pepperdine, a Minnesota kid. 6'5 guard, averaged 11 points, uh, shot 41% from the three-point line as a freshman last year at Pepperdine. He's going to be making his way. He'll have to sit out, obviously, this season, but pretty good backcourt there. You get Burhau uh, on the outside along with A.J. Green. You mix in uh, those two together. That's a formidable backcourt in the MVC. Yeah, and I, I just want to warn the kid. Uh, because Cedar Falls doesn't look anything like Malibu right. in California. Okay, yes, yes. I, I've done I've done several games at Pepperdine. It is God's country there. <laughs> I could never go to school there, Trent, because I would never go to school. I would never go to school at Pepperdine. It is glorious on that campus. So, okay, good for you and I. Um, I don't know if you happen to catch this one or not, but we talked earlier about uh, teams canceling their spring games. Yes. Iowa State, Iowa State canceled theirs. West Virginia canceled theirs. Now in the Big Ten, Wisconsin has canceled their game due to lousy weather as well. So it continues. The, the place that is known for the rabid fan base, the Wisconsinites, sitting in Green Bay in the cold weather, the ice bowl, on yep. and on and on. And and here they are canceling because a little bit of rain. What's going on? Come on, get tougher, Badgers. What's, <laughs> I, I don't like that one iota. <laughs> Look, I, I, I don't care for it. I mean, I understand it. You and I both understand it. Coach mm-hmm. is trying to protect players. We get it. But still... Uh, fans look so much forward to those spring games where they can at least get at least a little taste of football and their team that will hold them over through the summer. Now it's not going to happen. Well, let's continue firing around right now. We've hit a little bit of everything. Let's hit Brinson's favorite topic right now. Time now for Jimmy B's crappy NBA Minute. Jim Brinson was unsailed in Chicago, Chicago Stadium. Ricky Mahorn hustling underneath, can't get it to fall. Jordan to the hoop, hang in the air, score! All right, everybody, there are games tonight, and the NBA is still in turmoil. But the big game will be tomorrow night in Minneapolis at the Target Center. Denver and the Timberwolves, it's all or nothing. One of those two teams will win and advance into the NBA playoffs. The other is out and playing golf. 
might be one of the biggest games in the last seven, eight years ever played in Minneapolis in the NBA. It is for the NBA playoffs tomorrow night. T-Wolves and the Nuggets. Be there or be square. I can't wait. This is going to be must-watch television for your boy. I'll give you more than a minute tomorrow on that one. Okay. I'll give you you more than a minute, no doubt, to talk about that game because, yeah, it's a one-and-done scenario, a situation Winners in, losers out, and and not only are they in, both those teams can move up and not just necessarily be the eighth seed. A lot of moving parts. It's uh, I don't remember an NBA season quite like this, where the East is settled, but there's still a lot of moving parts there. And the West, Mm -hmm. you look at between teams, basically teams three through nine, they're separated by two games right now. It's it's just absolutely nuts. The moving pieces that can happen there, and and I told you last week. Now, the question becomes, who would you rather see in the opening round? If you're, regardless, T-Wolves or the Nuggets, would you rather see the Rockets or the defending champions, the Warriors, in the first round? I think I'd take my chances right now with Golden State because Steph Curry is not going to play. And I know that they're going to ramp it up. They've been going through the motions here for the last month. I understand all that. But they are not the same team without Steph Curry. I mean, we're talking 25 points here a night and maybe seven, eight assists, sometimes double digits in assists, and he is a lightning rod for that team. I know that they still have Durant. I know they still got Klay Thompson. I know Draymond is there. God, they've got JaVale McGee. They've got, they've got Swaggy P. Coming off the bench. I mean, look, they, they're a loaded club. But right now, Trent, if, it, if I'm the T-Wolves and I'm in the number eight spot, I'd take my chances more with the Warriors than I would right now with Houston. I can buy that. I can buy that. I, I don't exactly know if I'm willing to go there. But yeah, at least from a Wolves perspective, they, they have played well at times against the Warriors. The, the yep. thing with the Rockets is, A, if they're hitting shots, if they're hitting their threes, they're nearly impossible to beat. I mean, they take so many of them, and if, if they're shooting them at a 42 45% clip, you're just not beating them. It's a simple math equation when you're going up against the Rockets. But the other side of that, if those shots aren't falling, you feel like you have a shot. Seven-game series, way it's set up. We'll get into that a lot more uh, coming up in tomorrow. Coming up next, we're going to go into football. We're going to kick things off talking Hawkeye football. Bobby Lejes from Land of Ten. He was over in Iowa City today talking with a couple of coaches, Ken O'Keefe, and also Coach Copeland of the wide receivers, a couple of players. We'll get Bobby Slots talking Hawkeyes next year. It's Jimmy B and TC. Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, Des Moines' savviest sports duo on the Big Talker, 1700 KVGG. Hey guys, Nate Adams. Buying jewelry can be scary. When I was ready to propose, I went online first. But then I stopped by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Christine showed me the four C's and helped me understand what I was buying. I got a ring that my wife loves to this day and a relationship with a local jeweler that is so important. If you're ready to propose, go to Christopher's today. Special engagement pricing going on now through April 30th. Learn more at Christopher'sJewelry.com. 
On behalf of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention Iowa chapter, thank you for your support in 2017. The Central Iowa Out of Darkness Walk at Ankeny's DMAC campus raised over $75,000. These funds allow our local volunteers to create and maintain support groups for those who have lost someone to suicide, implement education programs in colleges and high schools to prevent suicide, and advocate for new legislation to strengthen mental health care in Iowa. Please check AFSP.org slash Iowa for more information on our 2018 fundraising events, including campus walks and out-of-darkness walks across Iowa. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, Iowa Chapter, online, afsp.org slash Iowa. Sponsored by Dell. Need help finding the right Dell PCs with the Intel Core processor for your business? Call 877-BY-DELL to talk to a Dell Small Business Tech Advisor. Okay, let's clear a few things up about secret clinical strength antiperspirant. Number one, it's not actually a secret. You can tell anyone about it. Two, it's clinically strong, which just means it's good at preventing sweat. Like, twice as good as regular antiperspirant. Three, strength is a cool word. You don't really see it a ton on women's deodorant packaging, so we were like, sure, let's shake things up. Four, sweating is the worst. Four and a half, not sweating is great. So you should buy secret clinical strength antiperspirant. How many times a day can you fuel up and go at CVS Pharmacy? Let's find out. It's 8 a.m. and you're leaving the gym. You head to CVS to refuel and boom, two for $6 Belvita breakfast bars. That afternoon, the slump hits. Vending machine? Nope, CVS, where boom, two forty-nine Special K Nourish Bites. Finally, it's 5 p.m., so you hit CVS before the commute and boom, two for $3 Think Thin Bars. Stop by CVS Pharmacy and fuel up and go on smarter snacking and beverage options. Restrictions apply. See cvs.com slash weekly ad for details. Napa know-how. Castrol Full Synthetic Motor Oil is on sale for $6.39 a quart at Napa. Its patented formula fights against sludge and buildup so aggressively, it practically intimidates it. So subdue, frighten, and impose your will on engine problems by grabbing some Castrol Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $6.39 a quart. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer expires 4 Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. 
The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus, and online at TheRookieSportsCards.com. To enjoy life indoors during Iowa's hottest months, call Logier Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save $3,400 or more with combined rebates on a new Dave Lennox signature system from Logier. Check out LogierHeatingCooling.com for details. For over 110 years, Logier has made Central Iowans happy inside. See customer reviews on Google, Facebook, and the Des Moines BBB website. Call Logier at 267-1000. We make you happy inside. Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. Jimmy B and TC, we continue on here till 6 o'clock tonight. This portion of the program presented by Advantage Financial and Tax Services. You have less than a week. Time to get those taxes done. Mike Hammond can help you out. Advantage Financial and Tax Services. It's on 22nd Street in West Des Moines. In fact, right after the show tonight, that's where I'm heading, getting my taxes done this evening. Nothing like the last minute. If you're like me and wait till the last minute, give Mike a call today. You can find all the information at VantageIowa.com. Time to talk a little bit of Hawkeyes coverage right now. Alex Halstead joined us earlier with the Cyclone Perspective. Now over to the Hawkeyes with Bobby Lejess from Land of Ten. Bobby, what's going on? Just another day out here in paradise. Beautiful day, and uh, well, weather's starting to warm up. Spring football continues on. The Hawkeyes will play their spring game, or whatever they call a game, over at Kinnick Stadium a week from Friday night. But opportunity for you to uh, talk to a couple assistant coaches, a couple of players today. Let's start at the wide receiver position, and Coach Copeland... Uh, in his second year with the program, one of the things that really jumped out reading some of the quotes that you had coming in was uh, the speed of the wide receivers. Improved speed at that wide receiver position, that's music to every Hawkeye fan's ears. I, I think that's the one exact quote every Iowa fan hoped to hear coming out of this because wide receiver has been a major problem for Iowa the last two years. And you could argue that's the biggest reason why the offense really stumbled. Receivers weren't able to get open. They weren't able to create separation consistently. And a lot of times it made Iowa a one-dimensional offense. And so if they're able to have guys who are a little bit faster, a little bit quicker, able to get open, that's going to open up the offense to hopefully avoid some of those 17, 10, 14, 13 types of losses Iowa played in so often these last few years when they dropped games. Bobby, let me follow up then with that. Is it fair then to say that really talented wide receivers who might consider Iowa just don't because of the type of offense now that is run or or has been run in the past? Look, it's changing maybe a little bit, but is that enough to entice a kid with blazing speed who's going to get offers from other top-name schools as well? Recruiting top-end wide receivers, I think, is a legitimate issue at Iowa. So many of these kids now 
end up playing in high school in spread offenses where they get the ball thrown to them a bunch of times. That's even if they're like the second or third receiver on their team, not just the starter. And then to come into Iowa where it's more of a pro-style offense, most plays you may only have two of them on the field, and they're going to run the ball a lot. And you're not seeing the field unless you can block. That's a culture change for a lot of those kids. And it's something not a lot of kids are necessarily interested in dealing with when they can go somewhere else that just runs something similar to the spread offense they run in high school. I, you know, I think wide receiver is always going to be a position that's going to be a little bit harder for Iowa to recruit to a certain extent just because of the way their program is. It's no nonsense. It's kind of a, you got to work hard in order to see the field, and they're up front with players on it, and it's not the kind of offense that's necessarily as friendly for wide receivers as other ones that players will find, whether it's in the Big Ten or somewhere else around the country. So uh, from there, uh, another opportunity to to talk to some of the players and uh, heard from uh, a couple of quotes from Van Wert, the offensive lineman. He's uh, battling for one of those inside positions, either center or at the guard spot, and also Amani Jones. And I love the quote from Amani Jones. He says he's the hardest hitter on the team. Uh, yeah, I think if we ask probably 10 different players, we get 10 of them to say <laughs> the same thing. Amani's a guy who likes lowering his shoulder and coming after people, which you know, for Iowa football fans, is the kind of quote you would hope to see out of your linebacker. The question with him was always, where was he with learning the defense, knowing his assignment, things like that. That always seems to be what helped him back a little bit. And he also said he believes he knows the defense a little bit better now than he did when he was up to potentially start a couple years ago on it. So that's a good sign for him there. And with Van Wart, he's an interesting kid because he seems like a natural center, but he's spending as much time at guard as he does at center this spring just from talking to him. And I was going to play the five best linemen they can find. So you might end up in a position when the regular season rolls around. The two guys who line up in centers with him and Keegan Render end up starting. So he's definitely a name to keep an eye on, not just for the rest of the spring, but when the team gets into preseason camp as well. Bobby LeJust is our guest. Land of 10 right here on the Big Talker 1700. Jimmy B in D.C., all right, Bobby, I'm real curious. Uh, another offensive-type question. We we know what Kirk Ferentz is, is going to run offensively. We know what the offensive coordinator would like to run. Little bit last year. Do you think that the OC can talk to Dad and get even more of his... I guess, offense in instead of still reverting back? I think you'll end up seeing more tweaks within the offense. I think the basic framework will be very similar, but I think we'll have a chance to see that more because of the different kinds of playmakers you may have within the offense. It sounds like Brandon Smith is going to be close to being the playmaker Iowa fans hoped he was going to be as a freshman. That was the indication I got today from talking with Copeland the wide receivers coach, you have him on the outside. You have options of players like Tyrone Tracy who's coming in, who's a player that Iowa I don't think has had someone like before in the past who's capable of, you get him the ball in space and he can make plays. I don't know if that player's been there. You have multiple tight ends who can make plays. You potentially have a bunch of running backs who can make plays. You have Young, you have Ivory Kelly Martin, and so it's kinds of playmakers Iowa hasn't had in the past. Wine has always said he wants to tailor his offense to 
his players and their skill sets. And so they have the potential to have some players with the skill sets Iowa hasn't had in the past. So I think that, going down that avenue, is how you'll see some of the offensive changes for Iowa in 2018. So uh, on the defensive side of the football, the question marks, I guess, defensive end looks very good. We've talked a lot about the linebacker spot. What else uh, What else do you think you, you look at and you still have some concern? Is it is it just those guys in the middle and figuring out how it's all going to shake out? Plenty of names that at least have experience on special teams and things like that, guys that have been around. But, but what is your deepest concern on the defensive side of the ball, Bobby? The obvious one is linebacker, and that's the one everyone brings up. And there won't be an answer to linebacker until they play their first game because there is a lot of experience there. You have some younger guys that are potentially having a shot to start there, too. So that's going to be a question I think even the coaching staff has until they get to the season opener. Depth at defensive tackle, I think, is a concern. Losing Davion Nixon for that academic red shirt, you probably saw an easy pass to four guys who have been able to play. Now uh, someone's going to have to emerge if you're going to hit four, a number where you have a true two deep with guys playing behind the starters there, so you have that. And then I'm also intrigued with what happens in the secondary. There's a lot of interesting players, interesting names there. Who are going to be the guys that ends up starting there? I don't think that's a question of concern so much as seeing who comes out of the depth that you have at that position, whether it's the guys already here or some of those incoming freshmen. Bobby, this season... uh... It it could be like a a mixed bag again where they could topple somebody like they did last year in in blitzing Ohio State and then, you know, lose to somebody from the MAC. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying that. Is, Is there any way to be more positive about this team that it would show more consistency and have a better record this coming year than they did last year? possible this team ends up in that spot. They're going to be young in a lot of spots, and sometimes young players develop faster than you think, and then they start playing like you would have expected if they were an upperclassman, so that can happen. I think being overly excited about this group or saying that they'll be able to approach something like double-digit wins, I think to hit that spot, you need to see some of those younger guys, maybe those skill position guys on offense. Maybe if you end up with a linebacker or two that plays better than people think. You need to see that, I think, before you can say for certain that Iowa has a shot to do something like that, to kind of exceed the expectations or what you might have seen as a win total from the last year or two. And I think you're going to have a hard time saying that with any sort of confidence or having a firm grasp of if it can or cannot happen until you see this team play a game or two. Bobby Lujess joining us, Land of 10. Him and Scott Dockerman always doing a great job over there. Lots of great content. So uh, after the press conferences today, opportunity to hear some from players and coaches, including Ken O'Keefe. What, what are you working on for Land of 10, Bobby? Yeah, I'll have a story that is up this evening at Land of 10 about how Ken O'Keefe kind of views the growth of Nate Stanley through his ability to teach the offense the other players in the quarterback room, it also extends a little bit to the rest of the guys on the offense and why that might be the best sign that Nate Stanley could be in for some substantial growth this season from season one to two as a starter. And then also Scott's got a piece that will be up as well, kind of detailing all the things that came out today with the wide receivers, especially with Brandon Smith and Amir Smith-Marset, who sound like the two freshmen the coaching staff 
um, is excited about the most with the progress they've made from the end of their freshman year through this offseason so far. Yeah, Stanley is the one. You know, Jim asked the question, what's maybe the thing that could catapult this team from being a, a solid 7-5, and 8-4 and four type of team and taking that next step? And, and Stanley, I think, is the guy that you look at with those young pieces that are around him. If he can take that next step, maybe Iowa can be a team that does take a jump this season and actually challenges Wisconsin in the West. Bobby, as always, good catching up with you. Thanks so much for your time. All right, talk to you guys later. That's Bobby Lejess, Land of Ten. Always love talking with him. And uh, Jimmy B, mm-hmm. Stanley, he, he had just those ridiculous games. Iowa State, Ohio State, how well he played. Yep. In fact, those two games, he combined for ten touchdown passes. Didn't throw a pick at either yeah. of them. That, that's the high water mark. But then there's the other side. What happened in the Wisconsin game? And didn't have yep. any protection, couldn't get anything going. There were frustrating moments. But overall, a first-time starter, a true sophomore last season, I still think there's plenty of upside in Nate Stanley. I agree. That's why I asked that question. And I think that your follow-up with this, a lot of that, if they can make that jump to challenge Wisconsin, uh, is going to be on the shoulders of Nate Stanley. Look, he's already been through the wars once Mm -hmm. and survived and won a bowl game. And so he's got to be coming in uh, as confident as any player uh, that is there in camp with the Hawkeyes. And probably, I would say, on offense, your quarterback is always looked at as the guy. And we always say, well, the quarterback gets all the praise and he gets all the blame. So that's, that's, the un- that's, that's just the nature of that job. But if Nate Stanley takes a quantitative leap, Look, if he plays lights out like he did against Ohio State and Iowa State with, with that game, just to reference those two, and he's reasonably consistent, Trent, there's no, there's no reason then why the Hawks could not challenge Wisconsin in the West. Mm-hmm. However, if he stumbles a couple of times and, you know, he, he, they, and, they, and they can't protect him when he drops back to throw, uh, you're right. They, they're going to drop back to 7, 5, 8, and 4, somewhere in that area. The leap will be if, indeed, they could win 10. And if they could win 10, then they're right in the hunt to be the top team in the West. 26 touchdowns last year against just six interceptions, completed yeah. 55% of his passes. Want to see that number up, probably around the 60% mark. And, and think of the deep ball and how much he struggled with that at times a year ago. If that starts clicking, I, I think you're going to talk about a different type of offense from the Hawkeyes this season. You saw it in spurts last year. I think you're going to see a lot more of it this season, certainly, with him at the helm. With that, Jimmy B., we got to take a break. Let's talk some more football. Let's do the NFL variety next. What do you think? I'm good with that. Andrew Garda is going to be our guest. Can't wait to get him on. Lots of action right now in the National Football League. We're coming right back with Andrew right here on the Big Talker 1700. And welcome back, everybody. We roll all the way till 6 o'clock right here on the Big Talker 1700. Now time to do a little pro football conversation with Pro Football Weekly, and we'll do some draft talk and some trades with Andrew Garda. Andrew, how are you? And... Are you loving life right now in the National Football League with the trades that have already been made and some of the free agent signings as well? Yeah, it's really been um, very boring lately. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's been it's been one of the more exciting seasons that I can remember uh, in terms of draft seasons. You know, we usually the NFL is famous for not moving 
players at all, like during the season, after the season, before the season. But here we are, you know, looking at a situation where we've had some major trades and they've shifted the balance of power in a lot of places. So it's been really interesting. We're not even at draft day yet, and I think we're going to see some trading, a lot of horse trading, really, in the first couple rounds of this draft. So uh, the the latest news out there right now, a uh, lot going on with the Patriots. Apparently, Gronk getting called out. There's talk of Brady's contract. Robert Kraft talked a little bit about that. It is We had the story that came out from ESPN late in the season last year and didn't seem to derail things at all. Is Is there trouble in paradise? Well, I mean, you know, listen, every marriage goes through rough patches, right? Um, you know, this has been a long-standing marriage. I think at this point the anniversary is what, like, uh, you know, chrome? I don't know. But I, I think you are seeing some, some, a little bit of burnout in some respects, you know, and I think you may be having a situation where you've got several guys who are all kind of big dogs in their own right, Bilicek, um, you know, uh, uh, Brady, of course, uh, Kraft, and then, you know, even guys like Gronk who are, you know, they're not Brady, not Belichick, but still very important to the Patriots' success. And I think, you know, they may all be looking at things much differently. You know, Belichick uh, is very single-minded in his focus and how he wants to do things. And we kind of, you know, we've seen that blow up in his face a little bit with the Malcolm Butler thing during the during the Super Bowl, you know, and, and that's going to raise some doubts, and Gronkowski is who he is, and, you know, now they may be asking him to do things the way that he, that he hasn't before, and, you know, he, he's kind of looking at his body saying it's about to fall apart. I've got plenty of money. Do I need this anymore? And, you know, Brady just wants to keep hanging on. So I, I think... I think you're seeing a force that's pulling in many different directions right now. You know, does that mean that they're going to disintegrate and that the Jets, Giants, or sorry, the Jets, Bills, and uh, Dolphins should be, you know, drooling right now? Probably not, because the Patriots always find a way to turn things around. But, you know, we're, I think we're seeing the beginning of the end of the dynasty. You know, whether it takes a year or four years for it to completely disintegrate, uh, it's going to happen, and we knew it was going to happen at some point. Talk with Andrew Garter right now, Pro Football Weekly. Andrew uh, from Tom Brady and the quarterback to the guy that felt like maybe was going to grab the mantle from him as the best quarterback in the league a few years back, Andrew Luck. Still not throwing the football around, and it, it just leads me to wonder, you know, what, what else is going on here? Is it, Are we ever going to see Andrew Luck back in the capacity he was, or, or maybe even taking it a step further? Is there a chance his football career could be over? I mean, never say never, because it certainly is, at this point, an issue that I think most people are going to be concerned about. It's just been how long since he threw a pass? I mean, you know, in, in NFL years, like dog years, you know, every year counts for like five. So uh, it, it does seem like it's been a long time. And, and I think a lot of us around the time that he initially injured his shoulder and kept trying to play through it, kept thinking to ourselves, you know, if I'm the Colts, I shut this guy down. He's my franchise. Like, he's the future, he's the present, he's everything. You know, why are we playing through this for nothing? And yet they did it, and now we're still seeing him having lingering issues. So I'm concerned. And, you know, it, it's funny because he seemed, he's still the gold standard from people, you know, when you talk to people about the NFL draft right now, they're like, well, there's no Andrew Luck. And my response to that is, I'm not sure there's an Andrew Luck in the NFL right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> Andrew Luck is... You know, he's a guy who came out with all of this upside and everything going on, and, you know, he's been banged up since. And, and you know, the Colts are not exactly putting a, an all-star stellar team around him either. So 
you know, here's a guy who's going to have to come back in, carry the weight again with even less weapons because Frank Gore's gone. And, you know, he's coming off a, an injury that is far more significant than any of us thought. I mean, I, I just don't know what to expect from him. And, uh, and, you know, I think we all felt this way about Peyton Manning. The Colts have kind of frittered away some of, you know, Andrew Luck's best years by not protecting him and not giving him enough tools. And that's not going to change. Andrew, as we get uh, deeper into this, certainly uh, we talk a lot about the draft and the quarterbacks. Where do you sit right now with the four guys uh, talked about the most? Who do you like? Who do you have your concerns with? If if you were ranking these uh, these guys and picking in the first round of the draft and in the top ten, how would you have the guys on your list? Yeah, it's funny you should ask. Um, I, I recently finished a project for a Packers website called Cheesehead TV, and uh, I, I ranked their quarterbacks, among some other things. And my my list right now is Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and then Lamar Jackson, and then Josh Allen. And I, I love Baker Mayfield. He's incredibly accurate. Uh, you look at both football outsiders and uh, pro football focus, you look at their accuracy and and targeting rankings in terms of like where they're throwing on the body you know are you making it easy for your wide receiver to make the catch or you're making it harder mayfield is up there all the way your biggest question with mayfield is if you like the personality i haven't loved the personality if i'm a jets fan or i'm a browns fan that's the energy i want you know brought into my into my facility uh, you know and of course I'm not sitting down and talking with these guys, so they could sit down in the room and like <laughs> completely scare the crap out of NFL GMs. I understand that. Um, I love Sam Darnold. I'm a little worried about the way he stepped back last year. Um, I'm having too many flashbacks to what I saw out of Mark Sanchez and uh, you know even even some of the other quarterbacks that have come out since out of USC. There seems to be something about USC quarterbacks that they just sort of slip a little bit once they get into uh, into the NFL. I mean, other than Carson Palmer, we really haven't seen one take off. But I love what he can do, and he's a gamer. He's a guy who's never going to quit on you, and he has a heck of an arm that I really like. Um, Josh Rosen, my biggest concern with him isn't his outspoken nature. Much like Mayfield, I think a team like the Jets or the Browns could really use that sort of attitude that he has, and he's a very smart guy. The next guy I hear say, well, you know, he wants to know why. And nobody ever asked that of Andrew Luck. You know, nobody ever asked that of Aaron Rodgers. These are guys who want to know the why. You want to know why you're throwing a route and helps you inform whether you actually throw that pass or not. So I'm not worried about that. I am worried about the two concussions and the kind of litany of injuries he's had since high school. Um, but I really do like Rosen quite a bit. I think those top three guys are on their own tier. My, you know, I love, really to me, I have about the same concerns in terms of amount between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I just am more excited by Lamar Jackson and what he can do as a game changer than I am with Allen. Allen's, I, and, you know, if he goes to my Jets or if he goes to the Browns, I hope I am about as wrong on, a, on an analysis as I ever will be. But I, wrote, I broke down uh, for Pro Football Weekly, Josh Allen, and I broke him down against uh, the Iowa game. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what. You know, his footwork and his mechanics scare the heck out of me. And here's the problem. We've seen guys improve as he has, you know, throughout the draft process, get better, get more accurate, all that stuff. And then they get under fire and they fall apart. They go back to old habits. And that's my biggest concern is that Allen could improve in the offseason and then the moment he sees a blitz, he's going to go back to his old ways. And by the way, that pro day that everybody loved, he still missed guys out in the flat. He overthrew a fullback, and that's against air. I'm just terrified by Josh Allen. He's got a phenomenal arm. 
uh, and he's a really, really good leader, and he's a smart kid. But I just think mechanically and footwork-wise, when it comes push comes to shove, I think he's going to go back to old habits. So I'm concerned. I think all five of those guys could go in the first round. But I think mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm building a franchise, I want Mayfield, Darnold, or Rosen, or I want to go and get myself Saquon Barkley. All right, then I'll ask the Saquon Barkley question then. How good a pro will he be, and will he be a star almost immediately? Well, almost immediately, I think, is almost going to depend on where you drop him. But I think he has the ability to be a star. I I believe he has the ability to be an impact player immediately. The biggest thing about Barkley, and and the reason I would take, you know, hesitate to take him too early, is because running backs, I mean, we saw with Alvin Kamara, we've seen Kareem Hunt, you can get really good running backs later on. And so you're building a premium pick on a guy who is fantastic, but you can find someone who's very good later. But I think Barkley's probably one of the better running back prospects we've seen come out in a really long time. And I think if you're a team that's looking for someone who can really carry the rock on you know, three downs, uh, make an impact at any given time, out of the backfield as a receiver or through the t- you know, between the tackles, I think Barkley is your guy. I think... I will not have a quibble with anyone who takes him in the first 10 picks, uh, excepting perhaps, you know, the, the Jets, maybe Denver, because they both need quarterbacks. But at least Denver has Kasim, uh, has a Keenum, rather, Case Keenum. Um, but uh, I think Barkley is incredibly talented. I just always hesitate to pull the trigger on a running back early because. You know, you could pick up, like I said, Alvin Kamara much later in the draft, and you know that kid played lights out last year. And maybe he's not Barkley, but he did really, really good things for the Saints. Yeah, the the running back position and just how how different it is now compared to what it once was. It's crazy. You got to have those generational talents. Saquon Barkley, at least beginning of the year last year, certainly looked like one of those guys. All right, let's uh, jump into our locals. Andrew, I know you do a lot of work with the Packers, so let's start right there. They sit at number 14. Do you see any opportunity of some movement out of the Packers? And if they stay at 14, where do you think they're looking? Man, the, the Packers are intriguing only because we don't have really Ted Thompson to kick around anymore. Right. So, you know, <laughs> it really is, you know, as much as I, I would say the most fascinating team in the draft right now is the New York Giants because nobody knows what Dave Gettleman is thinking. Like, it, everything you hear, there's something different every day and everything's viable. The second most interesting group is the Green Bay Packers because we're so used to them doing things in a certain way that I think we've sort of been lulled into a false sense of knowledge. And, I think there's a chance to take a trade, even though it's a very not recently Packers thing to do. Um, I don't think they'd go, they're not swinging for the fences. They're not going to move up great. Um, but I think if there is a guy that they really like, then I could see them moving two or three places up if it drops. If they stay where they are, I think they're likely to look at one or two positions. I mean, uh, three really, if, if the right uh, tackle or guard drops, I think the Packers will continue to try and build that offensive line. But I think there are two places they want to look at the most. is secondary, probably a cornerback, and, you know, edge rusher. I feel like they've added people in as edge rushers several times. They work for a while, but but I don't feel like they have that young up-and-comer who's going to really fill in for years to come yet. And I think they'd probably look at a lot of the talent that you see there uh, at that position. And, you know, I think that they... They, they, you know, this is a team that will run five 
defensive backs out there at any given time. You know, they'll they'll load up defensive backs, and sometimes they'll creep up a, a safety or even a corner as an extra rusher. So I could see them adding a, a corner or a safety, probably more of a corner uh, with that 14th pick. But I, I think they're in a really good spot actually to to kind of to kind of not only take the best pick available, the most talent available, but one that fits what they need really, really well. So I think the Packers should be interesting to watch, and I think they're going to come away with a great player one way or the other. Are the, are the Minnesota Vikings now on the same tier as the Philadelphia Eagles and the Los Angeles Rams? Well, I mean, that's hard to say just because, you know, Kirk Cousins. You know, is Kirk Cousins... Mm-hmm. So much better than Case Keenum was last year that now you put him in the in the same breath as the other two. I feel like what Zimmer has done from a coaching standpoint has been exceptional. I feel like that defense is excellent, and I feel like they have a lot of offensive weapon. And the offensive line turnaround was just marvelous to watch. Like the fact that they improved the way they did is great. If Cousins fit, then yeah, you know. It, you may make the argument that Carson Wentz uh, healthy. There's that's hard to actually match with, right? But I think the Eagles are a very, very good team, and I feel like the Rams, if all the pieces they've gotten now, Brandon Cooks, all the additions that they have on defense, I feel like defensively the Vikings can match up with either one. I would actually even say that they're maybe a little bit better better than the, uh, the Eagles' defense um, offensively. I think your only question is how Kirk Cousins fits. So, yeah, I, I would say probably they're in, they make a strong argument for being in the top tier um, of those three teams in the NFC. And, you know, I, I, that, that game against the Eagles last, uh, last playoffs was disappointing. You know, it, they just sort of just laid an egg. But I think Vikings fans need to sort of put that out of their mind. And uh, this, is, this is a whole new ball game with this team. They've got the experience in the playoffs now. They've got a young core on both sides of the ball. I think the Vikings are in very good shape and can make another run this year. Good stuff. Hey, as always, Andrew, great catching up with you. The draft just a couple weeks away. We'll ring your uh, bell one more time, at least before the draft, if that works for you. Appreciate your time, as always. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. That's Andrew Garda, Pro Football Weekly. Find him on Twitter, at Andrew underscore Garda. Always great information from him, Jimmy B. And we wrap up the show with some football talk, even in the middle of April. I think that's great. Look, I, you know, we both love the NFL. Uh, we both love w- watching the stars perform in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And Andrew was right. I mean, it's been very, very interesting here so far in the offseason. And I think, Trent, he's right as well as we get near to the draft. I think draft day or maybe just a little before draft day really could be highly entertaining with, tre- with teams trying to move up and move down. This is going to be fun this year. Should be a good one, no doubt. With that, Jimmy B, what's on the agenda for tonight? I think I know where you're going. We talked about it a little bit earlier. You're all about the Andre the Giant doc tonight, right? I am. The guy on TV, and I sat in his hand and did my stand, what we call the stand-up close. I did a sit-down close in Andre the Giant's hand. And his English was broken, as you might well imagine. It wasn't great, but I could understand enough when I spoke to him. And he was the nicest guy. And when 
I'm standing there next to him. Trent, I stood on a chair, so on 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 the chair itself, just so I could get up near his hair, his his head level, so that I could do the interview. And not only was he tall, he was legit seven feet. Not only do was he tall, Trent, he was mammoth. Mm-hmm. I mean, big, really big. So uh, it's it's going to be unique to see tonight how they how they portray the so-called eighth wonder of the world, which is what he was billed at uh, when he went then into professional wrestling. I'm looking forward to that one. Got that little baseball on tap, even a little yep. NBA. Busy night of sports. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about it all. Starting at noon, myself and Ken Miller from noon until 2. And then on your drive home, Jimmy B and TC from 4 until 6 o'clock. Thanks, everybody out there, for listening in. Once again, back at it tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody.